This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey, everyone. It's Brian. Before we get started with the show, I want to take a couple of seconds and talk to you about something that's really important to everybody. A good night's sleep. Recently, I found myself having a hard time falling and staying asleep. I was waking up every morning with shoulder and back pain, and I felt like I'd been in a fight the entire night instead of getting a good night's sleep. I thought it was just stress and maybe the back issues from many years in law enforcement and carrying a heavy-duty belt. But then I got to thinking about my mattress. It had been several years since we replaced it, so I started taking a look around. And that's when I found Vitalis Sleep. We ordered their 12-inch Platinum Copper Cool Hybrid Mattress and two of their adjustable cooling pillows. After the first night, I woke up the following morning and I felt like a new man. I had no shoulder and back pain, and I felt better than I'd felt in years. So if you're having trouble sleeping or you're waking up feeling groggy and tired in the mornings, or if you can't remember the last time you've changed out your mattress, head over to VitalisSleep.com right now. They're offering all of my listeners a 20% discount on anything you purchase off the website. Just enter the promo code ODYSSEY20 at checkout and you'll get 20% off of your entire order. The link is in the show notes, so head over there now and start sleeping better tonight. I was listening to the story about, it was a story of a family in Washington and the little boy called the Bigfoot the Cowboy Man. And he had, apparently it had made an effort to steal this kid. And it hit me. My children were in that playpen behind me with nothing but a mosquito net over them. It could have crept up behind me and taken both of my children and I wouldn't have known. His father just got like a Mustang or something from Wyoming, okay? He had it out in the corral because he couldn't put it in the barn with the, in the stalls with the other horses that would kick and made all the other horses nervous. Had a Seminole Indian working the horse, trying to break it every day. So they had it out in the corral. This skunk gate snuck up behind this horse and grabbed it on its hind quarters. This particular horse kicks out, jumps over the corral, runs into the pasture, you know, to get away. At this point, the rancher's out there just blasted away with the dirty, dirty. Skunk ape runs into the swamp. I went up there uh, one day after that, or two days after that, I went up there and sat in the silence 
up there, and it—I'm telling you, man—it was free. It was crazy, you know. It was it, there was a crazy vibe up there still. I did what I could to kind of get things under control, but I told her, I said, "You need to get off this property." I, I feel like no matter how strong you are, it's almost like standing in the ocean. You can't stand still without moving your feet. You're going to get knocked over eventually, no matter how strong, whatever. You, you can't withstand a barrage of, of weird spiritual energy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Wayne here. Welcome back to Paranormal Odyssey. Got a great one lined up for you tonight. But as always, before we get there, if you would, please go rate and review the show wherever it is you get your podcasts. Also, check out the website, paranormalworldproductions.com. If you've had an encounter and would like to come on and share it with me, I'd love to talk to you about that. Shoot me an email. You can get me at wayne at paranormalworldproductions.com. Guys, please head over to Instagram and TikTok and follow us over there. Also, want to remind everyone about Paranormal Odyssey Live, which you can find every Friday night at 7.30 over on YouTube. So come and check us out over there and hit that subscribe button, please. Alright guys, as I said, I got a great one lined up for you today. I decided to share an episode I did over on Paranormal Odyssey Live with one of my favorite guests, Miss Naoma Finn. She came on and shared an encounter that took place on Moss Mountain. It's called the Massacre of Moss Mountain in Arkansas where it's believed this uh, group of men were torn apart by what's believed to be a Bigfoot. But uh, not sure, obviously. It happened in the 1800s at some point. So she came on to talk about that. It was a great, great story that she shared. And she went on to talk about some other things. And we got into the topic of what happened at the LBL regarding that family where it's believed uh, a small family was was killed by a dog man or, or a dog men so we talked about that and she shed a little more light on that topic as well so i wanted to share that one with you because it's such a good episode i didn't want it to get by and the reason i haven't shared it till now is there is a little bit of an echo in the interview uh, again it, it didn't happen while i was doing the interview but the software that i use to to do the recording sometimes it, it picks up an echo and it's happened a couple of times now but this episode was so good that i didn't want to let it slide w- without sharing it with you guys so ask that you just bear with me on that it's not bad it isn't i just wanted to let everyone know that i am aware that it's there but again the episode was so good i wanted to share it with you anyway well that's enough of all of that i'm ready i know that you're ready so let's get started how are you doing ma'am fine thank you how are you I'm doing very well. Thank you very, very much for coming back. Glad to be here. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, I spoke a little bit before we got going about last week. Uh, you you talked to us about your encounters and what got you interested. And, and 
a variety of things, but you didn't really get to to get to the meat of why we were having you, which is to uh, to share some stories. And you you told me you had one in particular that you're hung up on right now. I've been waiting all week, and <laughs> from the looks of it, got quite a few in here already. Others have too. So if you don't mind, ma'am, go ahead and jump in. Now, I know we had that question right off the bat where it took place. So if you want to start off with that, the floor is yours, ma'am. Go ahead. All right. Well, this actually took place in Arkansas, uh, not far from Little Rock, a little up closer, I think, to Conway. Um, it takes place. It took place on the Arkansas River. Specifically, it took place on an island that at the time was called Beaver Island and is now known as Beaver Dam Island. The best way I can pinpoint that location for you is to tell you about a place called Moss Mountain Farm that's owned by um, P. Allen Smith, who, if anybody's into gardening, would immediately recognize the name. He's had several shows on PBS over the years. Just love him. I, he's one of my favorite guys, and I think his estate is one of the absolute most beautiful states estates in this country. He, of course, as a gardener, his, you, I mean, you could wander for hours there and, and never get bored. It's just gorgeous. And every Halloween, he hosts a party, and this is how I actually found out about it. I happened to be on his website. It, it's been a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, and he was talking about how every year he hosts a Halloween party, and uh, they and they tell the story of the Moss Mountain Massacre, and the men apparently every Halloween you can hear their go. You know, of course, he's telling the story the way I would to to interest people, which is he every year he tells um, people that. Uh, you know, these men, the ghosts come up from the water and you can hear them wailing and crying. And so I was, I thought, well, that's really interesting. And I put it on the back burner and didn't think much more about it until um, just recently I was thinking about a show, show to do. And I remembered that. I remembered that Moss Mountain Massacre happened on Halloween and what a great show to do for October. So I started researching it. And what I discovered was a man named Thomas Nuttall, who was a famous naturalist in the early 1800s, he was born and raised in England. In fact, he apprenticed as a printer in England before coming to the United States. He just decided printing was not going to be his cup of tea, and he pulled up stakes and moved to America. And he settled in Philadelphia, where he met Benjamin Smith Barton, who was the preeminent naturalist in the country at the time, a botanist and, and I believe a professor, I'm assuming at Penn State, I don't know. But anyway, uh, and he encouraged Nuttall's interest in, in plants and animals, and he sent him off on an expedition up into the Great Lakes and on up into Manitoba, and it Nuttall discovered that he had pretty much a really great affinity for collecting plants and, and describing animals and sketching them out. And he sent back a ton of species samples uh, with the Lewis and Clark expedition, which was immediately lost. Um, thank you, Lewis and Clark. And uh, But in the meantime, this is not a man who, when he went down the Mississippi and up the Arkansas River, was uh, green. He knew what he was doing. 
Unfortunately, in 1812, of course, we went to war with England. And so he went back to England during that time and did not come back into the United States until 1815. And when he came back, you know, he wanted to get right back into what he was doing. And so uh, Barton sent or, yeah, Barton sent him off on uh, another expedition down the Ohio River, down the Mississippi River to the Arkansas and up the Arkansas River to explore that territory, which was fairly new territory for us because we'd only purchased it from Napoleon in 1803. Sadly, Nuttall had a few prejudices. <laughs> He was not real fond of the French because, I mean, they had just finished their Napoleonic Wars three years before. He was not necessarily considered the greatest guy in the world himself because he was traveling with a lot of Americans and we had just fought a war with them. And so he wasn't well thought of. And so when he complained about the French because, I mean, he was heading down the Ohio River and Indiana and Kentucky and parts of Illinois and parts of most of those surrounding states, parts of Ohio, all of these were actually originally owned by France. So there's a huge French population there. And all he did was complain and and gripe and moan and groan. And then halfway down the Mississippi, he and several of his men contracted malaria. So now you've got this griping, whining Englishman who has fevers and vomiting and nausea and uh, night sweats and um, and an attitude. (laughs) So he wasn't exactly well liked, which is really unfortunate because ultimately he turned out to be one of the best. I mean, we have a woodpecker in the United States named after him. And he wound up being one of the best explorers to, to identify this stuff we've, we had. He wound up writing one of the preeminent books on the subject several years later. But So they're going up the Arkansas River, and they decided to um, camp on Beaver Island. Now, as they're going up the river, some of the natives that they were meeting were super nice, super helpful, wonderful people, and some of them were not. And they never knew one day to the next what kind of people they were going to meet. Nuttall actually wound up having a really good relationship with a lot of them. He he worked really hard towards making the Europeans come to this country not see the natives here as being lesser beings. He was very big on that, which is, you know, decades, centuries ahead of himself. So they get to the island and they set up their camp. Half of these men are still struggling with symptoms of malaria. I I don't know how much you know about malaria, but malaria doesn't exactly, you get it and you pretty much have the symptoms. They they can kick in at any time for the rest of your life. And so you've got men that are, you know, struggling with the hallucinations and the night sweats and the fevers and things like that. And you have, they had the added worry of being attacked by natives. So rather than everybody camping around the fire and then putting their bedrolls down, they would scatter them about the camp to kind of, break things up and keep people away from each other. And on this particular night, Nuttall was one of the men who camped or who put his bedroll down on the edge of camp. And they all went to bed. Everything was fine. In the middle of the night, Nuttall awakes to hearing this scream from the middle of camp. And he sits up in his bedroll and he looks over and he can see these massive figures walking on two legs human-like figures walking around the camp of the lakes. They're picking up his men and they're literally tearing them apart. I mean, they're, they're, they're twisting their heads off. They're ripping their arms off. They're gutting them. They're just literally 
tearing human adult men to pieces. And I mean, he being a little weak from the malaria, there wasn't really anything he could do but sit there and watch. And that's exactly what he did do until he finally just closed his eyes and passed out thinking, you know, I'm going to wake up in the afterlife because obviously I'm not going to survive this. Interestingly, the next morning he did wake up. He was alive. He crawls out into the camp through this carnage. He hears a moan over on the other side of camp under a and he finds one of his men alive. And he starts searching around ultimately of this whole party of explorers. And I have no idea how big the, the actual party was, but of the party, there were five remaining men. The Nettles report, and you can get Nettles report online. It's in the Library of Congress. He wrote an entire uh, story on the expedition beginning. I believe the expedition itself began in 1818 and it ended in 1821. Unfortunately, the only part that you can see for free is like from January of 1818 to like October 1st. <laughs> it cuts off right before the story. So I've not actually read the report of what he wrote of what happened that night. But I do know that he said every one of these things walked on two legs. None of them dropped down on four legs at any given time. They were all way too tall to be human beings. And they were strong enough to physically tear human beings apart. Stay tuned for more Paranormal Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I mean, to me, it was like, no-brainer. That's a Bigfoot. Got to be a Bigfoot, right? So I thought, wow. 
Why do we have this amazing story of a Bigfoot attack from 1819 and nobody ever talks about it? Well, part of that is because one, he was an Englishman and he wasn't well liked because we had just fought a war with England. Two, he whined about the French all the time. So they thought he was a Nancy Pansy Englishman. And, you know, three, he had malaria. And the experts have all said over and over over again that um, this particular, that, that this was a hallucination. What he saw were bears. He had to have seen bears. These men were all attacked by bears. None of the other four men disagreed with Nettle. None of them came forward and said, oh, he's wrong. Um, we saw bears. There's nothing that, that I could find. There may be something out there, but I was never able to find anything to say what those other four men did see. But I do know that I couldn't find anything that said they disagreed with him. It just goes to show that people have been blaming bears on these things for 200 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm, in my opinion, the bear argument's one of the most ridiculous out there anyway. Uh, but to oh. hear that they've been doing it, saying this for, for that long, uh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, my problem is always the same. They always talk about, well, bears can walk on their hind legs. Well, so can wolves. They can get up on their hind legs too, but they don't do it like a human. There's no natural gait there. There's no comfort. You can tell that they're wobbling and they want to get back down where they feel comfortable, which is on all fours. Exactly. And, um, and that was Nuttall's big argument was that, hey, these guys were, these things were on two legs and they were massive. They were big, massive beings. And now, were you able to find any other kind of description? I mean, I'm sure he didn't get a real good look and not a lot of them lived. The only description I got was that they walked on two legs. They were way too big to be people and they were way too strong to be people. That's all I was able to get from what I could glean off the Internet for free. I could probably uh, pay, you know, to get a copy of the the actual I'm not sure I could get if I, I the actual uh, copy that I got was or that I was able to see. I I do remember it being typed, but I do also remember it being pretty old and hard to read. And I'm not sure if I could still get if I ordered the whole thing, if I were able to get a whole uh, typed version of it. Yeah. And our writing styles have changed in our in our spelling and you know. So many things about our language have changed in the last 200 years. I don't know if I would have the skill to interpret it if I did get it. Yeah. Um, I would love, absolutely love a copy. And it's something that's on my my to-do list for someday to own it. Because I really honestly believe, and I don't think I'm, I mean, it's not like I think I've discovered something that nobody else has. It's just that so few people know about this. And there are people who will right away say, yes, I've heard that story. I found a few who automatically said, um, you know, well, yeah, but he had malaria. And so it's it, apparently it's really easy for people to to say that based on his malaria and his unpopularity as an Englishman. And it's unfortunate. You know, I don't know if you are you familiar with the book Two Years Before the Mast? It's a, no, no. 
Well, it's a classic written like in 1840. And uh, it's a memoir of a man who actually got on a boat and, and sailed for two years. And he talks about the memoir. And there's a part in the book where he was surprised when he, I think he was in San Diego to see his former professor at college walking around to the beach barefooted, digging the the this um, beach to look for clams and things and realized that it was his professor Thomas Nuttall. <laughs> mm. So I mean he was not he was not what you would think. He was not some guy who set out a, a China tea set at four o'clock in the middle of the wilderness and sipped with his finger out. He was a tough guy. After this expedition, um, he actually took a solo expedition across Tennessee, Kentucky, and I believe the Carolinas. And that's when he wrote his book, which is was at the time and, and is still considered an excellent copy. Um, at the time, it was the, the definitive book on on the flora and fauna of the, these two areas of the Appalachians. So he was a tough guy. And I just have a hard time believing that somebody as, as knowledgeable and tough as him would look into the firelight and see something as recognizable as a bear and not be able to say that's a bear. And the other thing is um, my aunt was a Native American Indian from that part of Arkansas. My whole family's from this, from Arkansas. And I know for a fact that the natives and Native Americans, the indigenous people of that area, are not necessarily big people. In fact, all I mean, they're they're they tend to be small. And this was 200 years ago when people were smaller yet than we are today. And I have a hard time believing that if it was the Northwest Plains or you know, or even some of the northeastern tribes, I would say, okay, well, maybe it wasn't an exceptionally large tribe of Native Americans, but it doesn't it doesn't hold water for that part of the country. That tend to be a small people, so um, there there's no excuse for saying that these guys could have been anything. I mean, they couldn't have been any animal because. There's just no two-legged animals in in this country other than humans. They couldn't have been the indigenous people because those the people in that area were not tall people. And the fact that they felt that never got down on on all fours. Can you imagine a bear bears in a frenzy attacking one person and then not bothering to drop to their knees to chase another one? It does, to their feet it, or for all fours. It doesn't make sense. So, no, it, it it doesn't make sense at all. You're right. Now, in in studying this, uh, one, so I don't remember who it was um, at the Squatch Out came out to me and said, clearly that was a, a dog man. And I mean, it hadn't occurred to me for a lot of reasons, but I actually have spent this week. In fact, my story, my video tomorrow is going to be sort of an extension of this where I'm going to talk about dogmen. The interesting thing is there are a lot of dogmen. Of course, we know about the Falk monster. We know that there are a lot of booger sightings in Arkansas. I mean, I could, I could name dozens and dozens of those, but I had not really researched Dogman in Arkansas. And I found, um, in fact, sadly, I found about 12 pages of um, notes on possible other, I mean, not only did I find some really interesting Dogman encounters, and I'd be happy to share some of those with you, but I also realized, I mean, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the, um, the Ozark Howler. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
who's to say it wasn't that or or the Heber Springs Water Panther? And that wasn't was- there another thing? I can't. It's it's escaping me right now. I thought there was another one in that area. Um. Let me see. There's the water, the Heber Springs Water Panther. There's the. Um, I only wrote a couple of them down. The. Um, yeah, it, it's escaping me. I'll sit here all night and I'll think of it. Yeah. Um, and I was really fascinated to realize that some of these have occurred in, in within the last few years, not so very far from that area. I mean, some of the one was like 50 miles, but. Um, as as the crow flies or the dog man travels, um, that's really not that far. <laughs> so it, there, I mean, there are other possibilities for what it could be, but I personally believe that what it wasn't. I, I don't believe it was hilar- uh, hallucinations. I don't believe it was a, a bear or multiple bears, and I don't believe it was natives, Native Americans. That's the three things that I really do believe were ruled out. And it's unfortunate that the there's a prejudice against Nuttall that made all three of those seem perfectly sane to um, the people at the time. Now, modern experts have studied it, and they kind of go along with what the the experts at the time did, but they're looking at the notes of the experts, not not the notes of nettles, so yeah, you're I guess that's your boy there, Papa yeah. Bear said Momo, and that's that's what I was thinking about Momo, but I think Momo's more in Missouri, right? Yeah, he's um, oh, I just started to say the name of the town, it's not Olympia, it's um, but it is, it's a little north of Missouri, and then there's the the um, the blue monster, which is southwest Missouri or southeast Missouri, north. East Arkansas, and I can't think of what that's called either. Um, of course, the Arkansas also has at least one water, uh, the white, the white water monster. Oh, really? Um, yeah, this sort of a. Um, it's described as being uh, thirty feet long, and um, sort of looks like a big, uh, looks like a big alligator gar. Oh, okay. And, and, and they call it Whitey. And, um, of course, there's the Falk Monster. There's a, there's a lot of legends. Lots and lots and lots and lots of legends in Arkansas. So, you know, to embrace all of the cryptids, I, I don't think that this would have been it. And the reason I don't think this would be it is simply because of the time frame. But over time... Arkansas was settled by a very strong Scottish, Welsh, Irish, English uh, population. In fact, my family being from Arkansas, my dad was half Welsh and my mother was Scotch-Irish. So my family's, you know, living proof that there was a really strong population in that area. And they brought with them a legend of something called the Cushi. And that is a demon dog. Um, it's sort of like the Grim Wheat Reaper in Celtic mythology. and But it's also sort of sounds a little bit like the Ozark Howler. <laughs> hmm. So, um, you know, I understand that there's a possibility of, of mythology and legend and things like that. But there's also enough anecdotal proof of Bigfoot 
and Dogman that I personally, um, if I was going to bet money on this, I would bet money that this was uh, one of those two cryptids that attacked those people. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and this story right here seems like it's right in your your wheelbarrow of of your the things you like to cover. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I love. Um, I I'm sort of like paranormal in general. I'm very much into Bigfoot, dogmen, UFOs, ghosts. I love strange. The, this is everything. I mean, except for the UFOs, this kind of wraps it all up because it's a strange event that has no real answer. I love things like that. I really, those fascinate me more than anything. It's also, um, it's, it, it's about cryptids and I am so fascinated, not just by, uh, Bigfoot and Dogman, which are probably the two cryptids that, that interest me the most, but I am so fascinated by all cryptids and I really love the ones um which I, I you know I for instance I talked about last week the critter of Car Creek I think. Well I talked about it at the campsite. I don't know if I got into it uh, here last week but that's here I live in Robertson County, Tennessee and that's something that that happened that exists here in, in Robertson County and I believe that's a dog man. And that's the thing that I find really fascinating about a lot of the cryptids is when you start reading about them, they they start lining up. This lines up with Bigfoot. This lines up with Dogman. This lines up with, uh, you know, water monsters or whatever. Um, the Mothman, the Jersey Devil, the um, gar gargoyles. I think the the Jersey, not the Jersey Devil. I think Mothman and gargoyles have something in common. Oh, wow. And, um, I, although I don't think that the gargoyles are gargoyles, I do think that's what they look like, and so that's what people call them. And um, and so, yeah. All right. Well, you know, we've got plenty of time. Hit us with another one. Well, I thought maybe I would tell you a little bit about some of the strange. Um, but there's one particular story. Have you ever heard of the Beaver Lake incident? Stay tuned for more Paranormal Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause, 
Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I don't believe so. This one, for years, I, I, I'm sure when I start talking about it, it's going to start ringing a bell because it's not an uncommon story. But I remember hearing it uh, probably five or six years ago, maybe even longer. I don't know. I was listening to it on a YouTube channel or a podcast, or maybe it was on a TV show. God only knows, because I watch them all. And um, And I remember when she was telling the story that this had to be a Bigfoot. And when I went back to research this, because I, I really, that's what I spent most of my week doing is I was just researching this stuff to see if I could really nail down what, you know, anything that would indicate what it could be. Um, and uh, <laughs> I realized that she very clearly describes a dog man in this. And I know that this is more Bigfoot, but I really want to share this because this is such a fascinating story. It was 1972, and I think they were coming from Oklahoma, and they went to Beaver Lake. And there's three, I think, man-made lakes up in northwest Arkansas. And one is Beaver Lake. One is um, one's Beaver Dam. One is... Um, Bull Shoals, and I guess the third would be Grizz Ferry. They're sort of up in northwest, north central Arkansas. My dad, that's where my dad's family's from, and my dad actually worked on the Bull Shoals Lake Dam. And um, But anyway, th there's lots of camping around those, and they're all man-made, so, um, you know, they're, they're, they were designed to sort of to be uh, camping entertainment areas. And so the what happened was, the 1972, it's a man and a woman, they're two little babies and the woman's brother, and they showed up to camp um, at Beaver Dam, and they were driving a 1968 VW van. Um, so immediately, thinking of the year and thinking of the vehicle, I immediately put headbands in, on them and marijuana cigarettes in their hand, but that's because I'm old and I do stupid things like that. But anyway, they showed up to camp and and they decided what they really wanted to do is they wanted to um, they wanted to find a, a place that was away from other campers. Although it was October, so it wasn't exactly like they were going to be bothering a lot of people anyway. But with two small babies in a van, they didn't want to have the babies waking up and crying in the night as they would do and have them, you know, disturbing other campers. So they found this remote spot that's sitting at the base of a ridge. It's pretty heavily wooded. In fact, so much so that not a lot of sunlight came in. They find this little clearing. They pull in. They set up their bed for the husband and wife and the two kids to sleep in the in the van. And the brother sets up a little tent right next to the van. They eat their dinner. They sit around the campfire, talk for a little bit, and they go to bed. And everything's all hunky-dory fine. About 3.30 in the morning, the woman woke up hearing animal sounds. And she thought, oh, there's coyotes out there somewhere. Well, no big deal, you know. Coyotes will yip. 
And so she rolls back over to go right back to sleep. And um, um, Nancy, yes, that is a dogman story. But anyway, um, so she rolls over to go back to sleep and she's just starting to drift off and bam, something hit the side of the van right next to her head. Of course, she sits up, you know, and her husband sits straight up out of a dead sleep and he's looking around and <laughs> next thing you know, the brother's running out of his tent and banging on the van to get in with them and they're all in the van together and they're looking around and, you know, scared because they have no idea what this thing was that hit the van so hard. And they're sitting there and they're looking around after about 10 minutes or so. The brother looks out and he says, I see something over there. There's an animal moving over there. And so, you know, the husband and wife are looking, they don't see anything. But, you know, they assume, okay, now there is something moving out there. So there is something to be concerned with. So they go on, they're sitting there a little bit longer. And um, the at this point, the um, brother and the, and the husband decided to get out and look at the van to see if there's any damage on it, what kind of damage it is, you know, because men do things like that inexplicably. <laughs> and um, of course the wife is sitting in the van with the little kids and she's like, you guys are nuts, but they get out, they're walking around the van. They don't see any damage on the van, but while they're standing out there, they can hear movement in the bushes about 50 feet behind them. And of course, so they get freaked out and they jump back in the van, close all the doors. They're looking around. The husband decides to turn on the headlights and step on the brake lights so that things are illuminated around him. And, you know, they're looking and they're looking and uh, this seems to cause like a commotion. They can hear something going on in the bushes. They can't see anything. Turns on the, the van. The second he turns on the van, something stepped out of the shadows 10 feet from them. They described it as having silver tipped hair, a grayish streak down its back. It walked on two legs. She estimated it to be seven to eight feet tall, barrel chested. It had a dog-like face, ears that were um, with tufts of hair at the top, and its movement was very human. Now, this thing deliberately and, and almost menacingly starts walking towards the van walks towards the van, gets to the van, does one of these <clears throat> and then a low <clears throat> menacing growl. They are scared out of their minds. I mean, we're talking pants changing, terrified. It goes on past the van back towards the ledge and it starts following this ridge out of sight and for an some insane reason the husband and brother jump out of the van to get a better look at it and as soon as they do they are showered with rocks not from this thing because it's gone there's more at which point they got into the van and they took off it just did a you know they kept looking in the rear view mirror and the side view mirror and out the back windows and the side windows they never saw it again but um, definitely there was more than one. And what she described was most definitely a dog man. So, and that happened in Beaver Lake, which is Little Rock is in the middle of the state. Beaver Lake would be, uh, I don't have my 
my uh, camera turned right. But so you got Little Rock in the middle of the state, and Beaver Lake is up in the the uh, northwest corner. Now, didn't you say the the Moss Mountain incident was near a, a Beaver Lake, or was that? No, it was near Little Rock. It was down and towards the middle of the state. Okay. Um, there was an incident of a guy. Um, again, this is a Bigfoot incident because that seemed to be what I kept coming across. Who uh, just south of of Little Rock was leaving a friend's house late one night, driving home, and he got on the highway. And this is what, this is such a, uh, this is how a story becomes not much to being a holy crap moment. He's driving down the highway. It's after midnight. He comes around a corner. His headlights shine on something standing in the field. Big, black, hairy, looks like a dog standing on its hind legs, only it's like seven feet tall, right? And he kind of slows down enough to really kind of let his mind absorb what he's looking at. And then he takes off 100 miles an hour. He's like, I'm not sticking around for this. Last thing he sees before he completely gets out of sight of that is there was a car behind him. This person actually stopped the car, backed up, and turned the car to face the field so that this person could put the headlights directly on whatever it was looking at. Okay. And, of course, he wasn't about to stick around to find out if, if this guy was going to be this thing's next meal. He was like, I'm, you know, I'm out of here. He goes home. And, of course, he's totally freaked out, gets his gun, puts it on the nightstand beside his bed, gets into bed. He has a dog that goes into this kennel and will not come out. The dog is whining and whimpering and clearly terrified. Meanwhile... The entire night, he can hear something walking around his house as if it's letting him know it knows where he lives. Now, see, that's like you've got this, oh, yeah, he saw something, you know, one of those, oh, yeah, I saw a glimpse of it, to, oh, hell, that thing followed me home. <laughs> now, when and where was this? This happened around uh, 2019, and it was just south of Little Rock, Arkansas. Wow. Little Rock, Arkansas. Just a couple years ago. Just a couple years ago, yeah. So I found that one to be really interesting. Mm. Does anybody have any questions? Uh, I believe we've been... Uh... Oh, yeah. Carson asked uh, earlier, could it have been skinwalkers? I believe that was uh, directed toward your original story. Now, uh, so I'm not an expert on skinwalkers. I will say I know that that's more of a Southwest Indian thing. Um, I don't know if the Osage or the, um, I'm trying to remember all the tribes that are in Arkansas. And of course, I, I can never come up with them. I don't know if any of them practiced that kind of medicine. But if they did, it certainly could have been. Because the thing that was interesting about uh, Thomas Nuttall is that he had a really good relationship with some of the tribes and a really bad one with others. And he never knew one time to the next whether or not he was going to say or do the right thing to make a, a, a good connection with them. So he may very well have angered some of the Native Americans and they may very well have been practicing that type of medicine. And it could have been a shaman who came into the camp as a skinwalker and tore them apart. So uh, it's not something that I had considered, but it certainly is a possibility. What is your understanding that a skinwalker is? 
Um, my understanding is, um, you shouldn't be saying it, but I say it all the time anyway, <laughs> that a shaman who has uh, practices black medicine goes through uh, a process. Um, he has to kill, I, I believe that death is involved. I believe that it has to be uh, someone he loves and an, an innocent person, like a child or you know something along those lines. I believe that there are herbs and, and things like that that they, they do, and there's um, a ritual. And that gives them the ability to transform, not completely, which is why a skinwalker would look more like a half-human, half-wolf, or a half... I mean, they, they there's all kinds of animals that skinwalkers can transform into. But it's never a full transformation. It's not a full owl. It's not a full wolf. It's not a full bear. It's it's a partial. And um, I believe that they do that to cause um, ill will on people. The One of the interesting stories about the family at the LBL, if anybody doesn't know the family at the LBL, and I can't imagine no one knowing it at this point, Briefly, man, woman, and their kids were killed in the north end of the LBL right around 1982, I believe. And it was all covered up. The um, there's You can't find a record of it. Although there are several people who will testify to having either been in, working for the DNR at the time who were there or who were cops who were there. I know Tim Kuhnboat-Baker has uh, a friend who I believe worked with the DNR who had, who's given him quite a bit of information on it. I know that Barton Nunley, who wrote, uh, he's written several books, one of them, The Inhumanoids, um, and then he's got Weird Kentucky, Volume 1 and Volume 2, and then he's got a fourth one that I know of. I don't have the fourth one. I have the first three. And I believe it's in his book, Inhumanoids, that um, I'm surrounded by books in case you have to that he talks about that particular incident. And he, he, where he learned it from was Jan Thompson, who lived in, I can never remember the name of the town that sits right at the top of the land between the lakes, but she lived there. She apparently worked as, um, she worked in a like a gas station or convenience store. And I believe it's in this book, by the way, if anybody ever wants to buy it. There we go. Uh, it's by Barton Nunley. It's really a good book. It's one of my go-to books. But uh, anyway, how she apparently learned about it was the two of the police officers who were there investigating showed up at the gas station, both of them looking pretty pale, looking pretty sickly. Uh, kind of find out they had investigated this and they had found things that um, what was the remains of the of the youngest child, a little girl. It's a very sad story. It, I've heard it's the same basic version from everybody. There for a couple of years ago, there was a guy going around saying that he was actually with that family and he had hidden under the RV. A lot of people have quit believing his story. A lot of people still believe his story. I don't know what to believe. Stay tuned for more Paranormal Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, 
with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. But... Yeah, I was going to ask you what whatever come of that, because I know that was a big deal there for a little while. And then it seems like everybody just stopped talking about it. So I didn't know if, if he was found to be false or what. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn here, but from what I understand, he, his name, I know him as Roger. I don't think Roger was his real name, but that's what I know him as. When this all whole thing came about, um, I was with Jody Cook on this. Jody Cook just felt that this guy was lying from the word go. And Jody Cook, head of the um, North American Dogman Project, former cop, um, has a pretty good uh, line on being able to identify if a person's a liar or not. And so I kind of thought, you know, if anybody knows, he knows. Plus, he's one of the people who has really dedicated himself to studying this particular incident. And there were a lot of things that this guy was saying that just didn't make sense. He said that they, the cops took him back to the scene of the crime as the sole survivor of that sort of an incident. They would never have taken him back to the scene of the crime because he would have been the primary suspect until proven otherwise. You don't bring the suspect back to the scene of the crime. He said he hid underneath the RV well, they say that the drivetrain of that RV would have been too hot and it would have burned him um, because they had just gotten there. There's all these little things that people have argued and debated. And um, there were those who were absolutely believed him and, and they had really good reasons to absolutely believe him. Like I said, I was sort of on Jody Cook's side of this, so I no longer remember what those reasons were. But what got me was... Um, he wanted, he was supposed to be on a show. I don't remember whose show it was on, but he got very upset because 
he didn't feel he was getting the star treatment that he deserved. And that kind of, as far as I was concerned, that said more than I needed ever to know. That does send up some red flags. Yeah. And um, that's the last I know of him. Now, I haven't followed it since then because once that incident happened, and I don't want to say the name of the show. I don't want to say who said that because I don't know if I'd be speaking out of turn. But that's what I heard, and that's when I was like, yeah, I think Jody Cook was right on that one. So, but anyway, going back to this, if you look at the history of that area, there is a history of uh, the one of the earliest stories of that area was came right out of the same about the same time as uh, Thomas Nuttall was traveling through that area was that there was a Frenchman who came from France who settled in that area and he brought with him lycanthropy. Now, I personally don't believe in lycanthropy. I don't believe that people can change. I believe in dogmen. But I, I really would have to see some serious um, biological proof that a person's joints and bones could change that way. Having said that, my biggest monster... <laughs> the one that scares me the most and the one that will bring me to the movie theater every single time is the werewolf. So <laughs> maybe I don't believe in it, but a little bit of me might believe in it. <laughs> anyway, um, but he supposedly brought lycanthropy from France, which is a known source of lycanthropy. And um, what are you, what are what word are you saying? Mycan- mycanthropy? Lycanthropy. L Y. Lycanthropy, werewolfism. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's a new one on me. Yeah. It comes from King uh, Lycan, L-Y-C-O-A-N. He, um, in Greek mythology, he tried to fool Zeus. Um, I don't remember what he tried to fool, why he tried to fool him, but he fed Zeus his own children to eat. And to punish him, Zeus turned him into a wolf. Now, also in Greek mythology, and and you might find this interesting, is their um, Odyssey and Oracle. (laughs) That'd be the zombies. one of my favorite 1960s rock groups the odyssey homer uh talks about an island of dog-headed men there was an actual island of dog-headed men that he talks about historically as if it actually existed not even in mythology so um but that's where the word lycanthropy comes from and so a lycanthrope is just a fancy way of saying a werewolf but anyway, this man from he came from France, and he um, apparently brought this with him. He was killed while um, in the form of a werewolf, but he had passed it down to his children, who passed it down to their children, who passed it down to their children. And that's where one of the, the original sources, they say, comes from the dogman who supposedly... And I do believe that there are dogmen in the LBL, but that's where they supposedly come from. And um, there's also a story of 
of a witch doctor who was practicing bad medicine, of a, not a witch doctor, a shaman who was passing, a, a medicine man, an Indian medicine man who was practicing bad medicine. And it's a similar story in that he was killed while he was in transformation when he was never able to untransform. And that is what haunts the LBL. So those are two stories that come right out of uh, skinwalkers and lycanthropy, which I think are two different things, but. Yeah, when, when I first uh, got introduced to the whole dog man uh, phenomenon, I, I first thought that, I thought it was silly, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking maybe a misidentified Bigfoot, uh, a Sasquatch with different characteristics, perhaps. But the more you listen to people, they say, no, it's something completely different and mm-hmm. You hear more and more reports on them. And then I started leaning really, really heavy toward skinwalkers. So anytime I would hear anyone talk about dogmen, I would ask, one of my first questions was, are you near like maybe a Native American, um, uh, what, what's the word, res, reservation? Yeah. Uh, or anything like that. So I, mean, I don't know. I, I always thought there was some kind of connection there. The I personally, D.A. Roberts, um, a friend of mine who's a writer who um, writes a lot of stories about Bigfoot in really great books. You should go out and buy them. (laughs) If you look him up on Amazon, they are fantastic books. He has a theory. A lot of people think that maybe it's a dire wolf because there is some evidence that dire wolf skeletons look like they may have had the ability to rotate their hips to be able to stand up. But he, DA has a theory that that the popping sound that people talk about may be their, their claws going from paw form to hand form. And that's the popping you hear. And again, that when you start breaking it down and you look at little things like that, and you're not looking at the whole concept of this dog's running around and suddenly it stands up and becomes a half man. And you start looking at the actual biomechanical possibilities, it does become a little more possible. And you start looking at the, the, I, I don't think that a dog man is a dire wolf. I don't think that they're, I think that they're two different lines, but I do think that it's very similar to a dire wolf. And so when you look at the whole your first thought is, well, that's just crazy. <laughs> what kind of dope was that guy smoking? Because I need some. <laughs> the, um, the other side of that is don't look at the whole. Take the picture apart. Look at each piece of the puzzle and see why it's shaped the way it is and why it fits into the puzzle. And if it doesn't, when you can't put the whole puzzle together, then in the end, you don't have the answer. But if you do, and you can put those pieces of the puzzle together, you do have the answer. And always, when I argue with people, I make them tear it down. I make them tell me, okay, what are the individual things that make you say that I'm crazy? Because I would love to prove you wrong, because I'm not crazy. I'm not quite right, but I am definitely not crazy. <laughs> so, Nancy, so in agreement with you. Dogman terrifies me too. It is the most terrifying thing in the world for me. Far beyond any other cryptid. I, I am horrified of the concept of a dogman. Yeah, I've, I've been checking out your channel and I've seen a couple of the shorts that you've done. 
about uh, unexplained deaths and my podcast unscripted my my ex-partner and i uh we did a show an entire episode on unexplained animal deaths and a couple of the ones you've covered like the school i believe it was a, a school teacher in north carolina brenda hamilton yeah yeah we we covered that and Corey guys something going on there because one place had two within like a month right there have been oh my gosh when you start dotting it out and looking for those things for one thing you can find them this week and next week they just vanish off the internet which is really frustrating but you can make you can actually see pattern i mean you know um david polites has already proven that there is a pattern and it's a very scary pattern one of the ones that really fascinates me is the um the animal killings in Monroe County, Kentucky. The DNR showed up and they said these animals were killed by people. They were shot and stabbed and, and clearly they've been cut to pieces. And the sheriff's looking at that going, I've 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 been a cop for 30 years and I'm not seeing anything on here that looks like a clean cut. These things were torn to pieces. To the point that the cop was like, I am not going to tell you the, the public what the DNR is telling me to say because they are full of hogwash. They're, they have no idea what they're talking about. These things were killed by some kind of animal. And that one really fascinates me because that's one where uh, uh, the county sheriff stood up and said, no, I'm not going to hand them your, your line. You're going to have to give me something better than that. And uh, so, yeah, I those are all really, really fascinating to me. Yeah, they, it's amazing what we're supposed to believe and, and not question. Yeah. And it's amazing how easily we do, um, you know, somebody says something, even, even when it's something like, well, I believe in Bigfoot, it's amazing how many people just automatically jump on the bandwagon and say, okay, well, I will too. You know, people do not use logical thought anymore, ever. I don't, I, I, there's a huge lack of logic in the world today. And that applies to everything across the board. But I, I think, did, did you want to, I mean, I can talk all night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're here at the hour mark. That's usually when we we cut it off. But our, my offer stands. Uh, you, uh, you have become one of my favorite guests. And <laughs> judging by the, uh, the crowd tonight, one of the biggest we've had in a while, Oh wow! Uh, they like you too, so you're welcome back anytime. And like I said, it's a a new show for me, but it it all falls in the same so uh, same category. So you're welcome back anytime, man. Anytime you want to have me, you just send me a text and I'll be there. Sounds very very good. And again, thank you so very much for coming on and and sharing. And uh, and we'll be in touch. Hope you have a good night. Thank you. You too. Thank Bye, you, man. everybody. They say you don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here. And no, I don't wanna be alone in the world out there.
Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.